0: And Huang is the place where the world's four major cultural systems, namely China, Ancient India, Ancient Greece and Ancient Iran, blend together. Its rich cultural heritage not only lies in the caves, sculptures and murals, but also inside a hidden chamber that stored tens of thousands of pieces of writing. After the secret cave of the Dunhuang Mogao complex was finally opened in 1900 it was hailed as one of the great archaeological discoveries of the 20th century, on par with Tutankhamun's tomb and the Dead Sea Scrolls. We now know it was the library cave and those bundled documents were named the Dunhuang manuscripts they've showed the world the diversity of medieval Chinese social life and the richness of the cultural interaction along the Silk Road. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Why We Love Dunhuang podcast. So far, we've already visited some of the most distinctive caves of Dunhuang, built from the early period to its heyday. The great breadth of artwork found there has astounded most of its visitors. Now, let's take a look at the Dunhuang manuscripts, another highlight of Dunhuang that cannot be neglected. Oral Stein, the Hungarian-born, British archaeologist and explorer, became famous after his expeditions to Central Asia and Western China. We've talked about his story in our previous episodes. His most important discovery was the manuscripts contained in the Dunhuang Library Cave. When the Library Cave, known as Cave 17, was discovered in 1900, it was stuffed with several tons of precious historical objects, including more than 50,000 pieces of manuscripts, scrolls, booklets, and paintings on silk, hemp, and paper. These objects, known as the Dunhuang manuscripts, are the largest repositories of religious, scientific, and literary texts detailing aspects of life in China and abroad during the medieval period. If you followed our previous podcasts, you may already know the story of the Library Cave. Here's a brief review. In 1907, Stein tricked the local cave guardian, a Taoist monk, and eventually took from the library 24 cases of manuscripts and 5 cases of paintings and relics. He donated 4 silver ingots, which was about 50 US dollars, in exchange for all these precious items. Though knighted later by the British for his achievements, Stein has been widely condemned by Chinese scholars. His discovery also inspired other eager treasure hunters from countries like France, Russia, Japan and the U.S. to rush to the desert and seek their own collections of the Dunhuang manuscripts. Originally, the library cave served as a memorial cave for Hongbian, a monastic official in the late Tang Dynasty. After his death in the year 862, the cave was consecrated as a Buddhist shrine with a true-to-life stucco statue representing Hung Bion's appearance. There's no exact answer why so many objects were stored inside this small cave. Scholars have suggested some different motives. Maybe this was a storeroom for sacred waste. Maybe it was a relocation of a single monastic library. Maybe it was just to memorialize monk Byun, Or maybe to protect those classic works from an impending invasion or a religious decay. The most accepted explanation is, in order to avoid these religious scriptures and other documents from being damaged by wars, the monks in Dunhuang sealed them in the library cave. Although we're not sure why the cave was sealed, we do know when it was sealed. Among the findings in the library cave, the most recent dated manuscript was written in the year 1002. Scholars believe the cave was sealed shortly afterwards. In general, traditional Chinese paintings on paper or silk can be preserved under normal conditions for hundreds of years, possibly up to a thousand years at the most. Theoretically, that means today it would be extremely rare to find any authentic paintings or handwritten documents before China's Tang Dynasty. The Dunhuang manuscripts, however, were sealed for more than 800 years before reappearing in 1900 in a cave with a dry, cool and stable environment. It seems time was halted in the cave and thousands of documents from as early as the East Han Dynasty around AD 200, were found well-preserved. We have already discussed how explorers from Europe and around the world came to Dunhuang, emptied the library cave and travelled back to their own countries to display the treasures they had purloined. Now, the library cave documents are scattered among more than a dozen libraries and museums around the world, mainly in the UK, France, Russia, Japan, China and other places. Given how international the materials from Dunhuang are, scholars have agreed that the study of the Dunhuang manuscripts should be undertaken jointly by all nations. In 1994, the International Dunhuang Project, the IDP, was formed for research and study of the rich Dunhuang heritage. This ambitious digitization programme has slowly pushed the Dunhuang cache online, allowing scholars to reconstruct individual documents whose pages might be held by multiple collections and to get a truer sense of its scope. Since then, more and more research papers have been published about the Dunhuang caves and manuscripts. According to statistics published by the IDP, as of July 2022, the following countries hold substantial entries in the IDP database. The United Kingdom's Dunhuang collection is abundant in quantity and rich in type. It has the largest number of artefacts, manuscripts, paintings, textiles, historical pictures and so forth from Dunhuang, with over 70,000 in total. Among them, more than 47,000 are manuscripts. Germany holds around 33,000 items, France has over 10,000, Japan over 8,700 and Russia over 6,100. China holds the remaining items which is about 11,000 pieces, those having been left by foreign explorers and whose overall quality is relatively poor. We will soon bring you some of the most precious and interesting Dunhuang manuscripts being collected in different countries and here is one fantastic example to whet your appetite. In the British Library, part of Oral Stein's collection, there is a printed copy of the sacred Buddhist text, the Diamond Sutra. This Tang Dynasty Chinese version of the Diamond Sutra, complete with a beautifully illustrated front piece, is the world's earliest dated, printed book. It was produced on May the 11th, 868. Why is the date so accurate? Thanks to the colophon, the short dedication note written at the end of the manuscript, we have quite a lot of information about this particular copy. The few characters can be translated as follows. On the fifteenth day of the fourth month of the ninth year of the Tung reign period, Wang Jie, who was the donor, had this made for universal distribution on behalf of his two parents. It is based on this Chinese note we know exactly when the scroll was made, who financed it, on behalf of whom, and for what purpose. Now it is the world's earliest surviving complete and dated, printed book, predating the famous Gutenberg Bible by 600 years. In order to make the contents of the Library Cave available to experts worldwide, while simultaneously preserving them for future generations, IDP members are trying to restore the ancient manuscripts and scanning them into an extensive, searchable database. According to media reports, in London the work is conducted in a climate-controlled chamber several storeys underground where conservators first undo the work of previous generations, removing backings, frames and patches. Then they encase the documents in a flexible polymer film, which shields the fragments from the environment without causing warping or chemical leaching. Finally, they take high-resolution photographs of each document. This is painstaking work indeed. Just the preservation of the oldest printed Diamond Sutra alone took over a 1,000 man-hours. The Diamond Sutra in the British Library is just one example of how valuable the findings of Dunhuang are. In our following episodes, we will continue to explore some breathtaking collections from the Dunhuang manuscripts, along with the stories buried in time. Special thanks go out to the Dunhuang Academy and Liang Zhongdu for contributing to the content of this podcast. If you like the show, do give us a five-star rating or a review. I'm Graham Stevens. See you next time on the Why We Love Dunhuang podcast.